This is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic intuitive and medium coming to you from Humboldt County in Northern California. And I'm Judea, a psychic intuitive energy healer coming to you from the island of Kauai of the Hawaiian Island chain. This is Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Welcome, everybody, to our new episode. We are going to be discussing all things astrology with a special guest. But before we get into that, I just have a few things that I need to tell everybody. For those of you who have been following my Instagram, Align and Shine Kauai, you may have noticed that I have had to make some posts and send out an email blast about an Instagram impersonator. And this impersonator has been reaching out to my followers through direct messaging saying that they're picking up energy from their profile and asking them if they want a reading. And if you end up participating in that reading, you'll get a second message that says that you have a curse or some other kind of dark diabolical energy on you and that you need to pay more money to get rid of it. And it is sad to say that people have been roped in by this scam. And no matter how many times I've reported it to Instagram, And no matter how many times my followers have reported it, Instagram has not been diligent about getting them off. It has come to my awareness that this is a common scam that is happening in the healing arts community. This is happening with psychics, with therapists, with artists, with all kinds of people who are trying to solicit services and products through Instagram direct messaging. So please be mindful and aware that that is happening, if not with me, with anybody who is reaching out to you through direct messages. I think most people who have a reputable business will not be utilizing that platform in that way in order to hunt for clients or customers. You know, I think the most disheartening thing for me on a personal level about it is that I would never, ever, ever tell somebody that they had something wrong with them and then require more payment on top of my normal fee to help you work through it. We had an episode a while back called The Darker Side of Spirituality. And just as a refresher, I recommend everybody take another listen to that episode because it kind of covers all of the shady side of what goes on within the spiritual circles. I just want everybody to be aware, as far as I go, any and all of my business activities are happening under the name Align and Shine Quiet. My email, all of my payment platforms, my Instagram, everything. So if you are getting messages from anything other than something that says Align and Shine Kauai, K-A-U-A-I, it is not me. Please do not engage with it. Ignore it, block it, report it, whatever it might be. And uh, just be mindful about that that is happening to many people. So thank you for that. Yes, and we would um, also like to thank the many of you that have responded on our podcast, Instagram, and even on my personal Instagram, giving us a heads up on that and also reporting it for us. So thank you all for your kindness and for keeping us abreast of what's going on out there. We really appreciate it. So a lot of us are probably used to getting our horoscope online or in the newspaper. Does anybody read a newspaper? When I grew up, that was the big thing on Sunday morning, the Sunday morning newspaper, we would get it out and I'll read our astrology for the week. But it goes way more in depth and there's so many facets to it that our guest is going to explain all that to us. And I think we will learn a lot from this episode. But to start off, I'm just going to tell you what the definition of astrology is according to Britannica. Astrology is a type of divination that involves the forecasting of earthly and human events through the observation and interpretation of the fixed stars, the sun, the moon, and the planets. So we're excited to hear what our guest, who is an astrologer, has to say about this and what her opinions are on astrology, how we can use it, why it's important, and how it affects us. And I am super excited to introduce our guest astrologist today. She wears many hats. She's an amazing herbalist, a yoga instructor. She has studied flower essences, aromatherapy, Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, plant energetics, and she is also a tarot card reader. 
She owns a beautiful apothecary in a small town called Willow Creek, California, and she is one of the most amazing women that I know in general. Her name is Mariana Volgaris. So Mariana, we can't wait to pick your brain and ask you all the questions. We even have a list of listener questions of people who chimed in and want to ask you a couple things about astrology in general. So thank you for joining us, Mariana. I'm excited to be here, and it is quite an honor to share all of this with you. So I'm really excited. Thank you. If I don't know anything about astrology and I'm meeting you and you want to turn me on to it and let me know what this amazing thing is, what is your description of astrology, how it works and how it helps? I can start by my own personal journey with astrology in general, just being in places in my life of what is happening. Why am I like this? Where do I want to be? Who do I want to be in relationship with? What do I want to do in my life? And these are all these questions that we constantly have with different events that happen in our lives, difficult or easy. There's always these questions behind us. So the thing with shamanic astrology, which makes it different than other paradigms of astrology, is that we're opening up to great mystery. And the more that we open to great mystery, great mystery can open up to us. So it's as above, so below, as within, so without. And we are in a living embodiment of the mystery. So the mystery can't even begin to open without us opening to it. We're like almost the study of it. We are in between the worlds of the above and the below. So the more we open, the more we can come into what our current life purpose is. And shamanic astrology in general is everything is the way your soul intended. So it's a map of where everything was when you took your first breath. So nothing is hard, nothing is bad, nothing is better, nothing is worse. Everything is what we chose. And so when we hit different cycles in our lives or we hit places of resistance, it's because we're out of alignment. We're meant to wake up to something. We're meant to be called back into what it is to our soul purpose. So astrology offers us not only necessarily a way of life, but in way of life in terms of our soul purpose alignment. So it just gives us a chance to be able to work with our energies, co-create with the sky and create this life with mystery instead of resisting things. Awesome. Yeah, that was amazing. I, you know, I would like to just let everybody know also that when we post on Instagram, our forecast for the new moon and the full moon, that's Mariana that's giving us that forecast. So we want to thank her for that. Okay, Mariana, to start diving in, when we read our astrology report somewhere, it has a lot to do with the date that we were born, and that is our sun sign. For instance, I'm a Taurus. I was born in the beginning of May. So that's considered our sun sign. And then we also hear a lot about our moon and our rising sun. And I think those are the three main components. Is that true? And can you explain what those are? Yes. So the sun is interesting because we have started this sun sign based astrology paradigm. The sun is our fuel. It's the star of our earth. And so the sun actually doesn't have an archetype on our natal chart. The sun offers us fuel on how to reach our life purpose. So what everything else that's going on in the chart, for example, if you're a Taurus, you're going to have Taurus fuel behind the rest of your chart. So it's how you're meant to use all of your energy in this life. And then we have the moon sign, which represents you coming into this life. We are to come in with a clean slate. We already have our own soul. We've already have our own projects we've done. We've already had our own identity. So it doesn't necessarily represent your past life, but a conglomeration of your past lives. We call it the tribe that you came from, your soul lineage. And so when we are babies, we come in with our own personalities. And we have our own stubbornness. We already have our likes and our dislikes. And so with the child, you wouldn't read their sun sign. You would only read their moon sign until they reach the age of seven, where we develop a sense of I. And that is our sun. That is our fuel. And then to reach life purpose over time, there's all these things that have to happen. Of course, we have to like, you know, screw up, change lanes, get aligned, have all these experiences to really come into our rising sign. And that happens later in life. And that's our personal identity project. It's the true mystery school that we signed up to learn about in this life. Essentially, it's our new tribe. So it's like our new moon sign, like what we came in with. That is the best explanation I've ever heard of those three, actually. And that really rounded some things out for me. I've had it explained to me in different ways, but that makes so much more sense. And I love how you said like the moon sign is everything that we are through our entire existence. And that makes so much sense why we would read kids with the moon sign 
energy before we would go into their sun or rising. So at what point in time does the rising usually come into play? I think that depends on a lot of people. So for example, say if you have your moon in Leo, this is an example of my chart. So everything I know coming into this life is about Leo. And my rising sign is Virgo and my sun sign is Aquarius. So I'm going from fixed fire. That would be the modality of Leo. So everything is creative. Everything has fuel to it and it's fixed fire. It's self-interest. So this is about being a leader, being creative in your life, you know, having self-worth, having self-love. Now I'm fueled by Aquarius who's, you know, all about the mind. It's fixed air again, self-interest, but it's about the mind. So now I'm learning to evolve through my mind. My true mystery school work is to turn into mutable earth, to be in service to spirit and be connected to ceremony. So I have a lot of alchemy on my chart to lead me to that rising sign. For example, if somebody had their moon in Leo and had their rising sign in Leo, they wouldn't have as much alchemy to do through their life to get those two to come together. So I'm starting out completely brand new learning about Virgo, whereas somebody had their moon and their rising sign together. They're not necessarily learning something new. They're learning how to use it differently in this life. So just to help those who may not really understand how the signs are related to the elements, could you give us like a description on that? Like what signs are related to what elements and what does that mean in relation to the different signs? So there's different elements and there's different modalities. So we have fire, earth, air, and water. We have two paths that are evolution, which is air and fire. And we have two paths, which is involution, which is earth and water. The evolution path, which is fire and air, we're taking matter into spirit. So it's a, you know, a journey outward. Paths that are involution, earth and water are bringing spirit into matter to honor it and to worship it, to have more of an inner body experience. And so then those break down even further. So then we have the fire element. We have Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. There's modalities that go with them. So we have Aries, which is householder, which is a cardinal burst of energy. And then we have fixed, which is in the mid-season, self-interest energy. So learning about oneself. And then we have mutable, which is in service to spirit energy, which you find in Sagittarius. Then we have earth. We have Taurus. Virgo and Capricorn. So again, the modalities that break down, we've got fixed earth, which is self-interest again. So Taurus is learning how to embody in the body, again, bringing that spirit into matter to honor and to worship it. And then we've got mutable earth, which is Virgo. So this is learning about sacred ceremony. And then we have cardinal earth, which is Capricorn. So learning how to be that father figure, how to take on that responsibility, how to be that householder energy. Okay, so then we have water. So we have Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. So then we have Cancer, which is the householder modality, the cardinal modality. And then we have Scorpio, fixed water, which is self-interest. And then Pisces, another water element that's in service to spirit. And then we have the air element. So we have Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Mutable is Gemini. Aquarius is fixed air and Libra's householder air and how those break down they're different archetypes. So they're meant to be different energies that we're experiencing within us. And so modalities exist within each element and within each archetype. So for example, as an Aquarius, you and I are both Aquariuses and this is an air element. So oftentimes as an Aquarius, they tend to take on more of an air characteristic. Whereas Patty, who's a Taurus, might take on more of an earth element characteristic. Is that true generally before you add in everything else? Is that kind of how that works? I want to say yes, because that's our sun sign. So that's the kind of fuel. So you and I are burning air fuel behind everything else on our chart. And Patty is burning earth fuel behind everything on our chart. Okay. So for example, Patty, Patty is a sun sign Taurus, but what is your moon and rising Patty? My moon is in Capricorn and Aquarius is my rising. Okay. So break that down for us, Mariana. How does that all play together? How that plays together is Patty's soul identity project for this life. Her true mystery school that she signed up to learn about is fixed air. So it is about the detachment of the emotional and physical to become the high witness, to see the bigger picture in something. It's an evolution process. 
So she's bringing matter into spirit. Her moon is Capricorn, which is householder earth. So she was the one that wasn't afraid to do the work, was the one who was building projects. It's one of the giver moons. So always feeling good by giving, always being there, but in an impersonal hierarchical way. And then her sun sign is Taurus. So she's learning about embodying energy and not feeling guilty by receiving. And so all of those are extremely different. So even though she's fueled by earth, her moon is in earth, the modalities are so different that she's actually using those to come into an air element to be able to learn to receive so that she can detach and learn about herself because she's coming from a place of always giving. Wow. Okay, so but now now I want you to do mine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I am an Aquarius with a Libra rising in a Cancer moon. Oh, that's awesome. Does that make all <laughs> the sense know. to you now? <laughs> it does. <laughs> it, it reveals a lot, you know, especially, you know, learning about someone's shadow or someone's hangups. You can look at their moon sign. Okay. Ah, because it's what, it's, it's what we know best. In every single time we're having a hard time in life, we revert to our moon sign. And so it's a place where we know we're not challenged. You know, we know how to navigate it. So we test the boundaries in it. So you being Cancer Moon, this is a householder water sign. And so this is the mother archetype. So this is the archetype that provides a responsible place for someone to be vulnerable. So you can nurture them. But this is in a motherly way. So it's literally you're a space holder for these experiences to happen. And this is also a lot of the healer archetype that you have. Like you can provide that space for people to be extremely open, extremely vulnerable, and they can feel safe in your presence because you're able to hold that space for them and care for them while they're in that space. You already know how to feel all the feelings that are necessary to provide a safe, responsible space for somebody to be vulnerable, right? Like that's water. The first step of cancer is learning about feelings. The second step about cancer is providing that space to allow someone to have those experiences so you could be nurturing to them. And then you add Aquarius on top of that. Well, Aquarius isn't emotional. It's not an emotional sign. Aquarius, more than anyone, can detach from emotions, can detach from the physicality so they can see the bigger picture. And the easiest way to explain that is, say, there's a room of five people fighting. An Aquarius isn't going to get involved in the details. They're going to be like, okay, this fight has got to go and you're wrong and you're wrong and you're wrong. We all need to move on from this because we got to get to this, you know, this concert that starts at six o'clock today, (laughs) you know, like you're able to detach from the situation and just see the bigger picture in it. And so that's kind of more on a micro level of, of Aquarius in general. And then your true mystery school is Libra, which is also an air sign, but it's interesting because Libra is a householder sign. So In your mind, you are learning about yourself by being with others. That's the true thing about Libra. But Libra, the shadow side of Libra is codependency. They don't know who they are without another person. And the other side of Libra is learning that balance. It's the sign of the scales. So they're learning how to value their own values as well as valuing someone else's. So that means like not getting mad, not getting defensive, and also learning your own boundaries and holding your own space which is hard for cancer, you know, because cancer, you know, feels a lot. They want to hold space. So if you throw Libra in there, it can be challenging for a Libra to not sacrifice oneself to create peace, if that makes sense, especially with the Aquarius, because they can detach from it and be like, oh, I have to, you know, I have to put my emotions aside on this one. I have to, you know, keep peace on this situation and be the responsible nurturer. That definitely sums me up in a lot of ways, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So Mariana, there is the natal sign, which is what we came in on with the planets all aligned. And that shows who we are, our fuel, everything you've been talking about. And then there is the general, as all the planets move and everything changes. I know I've had monthly readings with you. That was fascinating because you would explain to me what was going on in my chart that month. But there's also things that are going on that are affecting humankind generally as well. Is that correct? Correct. So there is a chart for our country. And so that's what we follow as a collective. And so we can see different cycles that are happening in times of our lives. For example, we've all heard of the Saturn return. 
So when Saturn hits that certain point on your chart, then it returns back to its original position of Saturn on your chart and you have a Saturn return. And through that, you experience a certain cycle. All the outer planets offer us cycles so that we can come into that rising sign. So we're being offered experiences. We're being guided. We have journeys. We have experiences in life that automatically put us in that rising sign. And that's why I love this because it's kind of a map. And so these aren't things that we have to do, which you and I talked about the other day. These are things that are already happening. And so this offers a place for us to be able to open to it, you know, be the higher witness in it and, and work with it and co-create with it instead of resist it. So we can limit fear. We can limit separation. And we can also really fall in love with one another, really learning that we're all on a different journey. We're all coming into a different place, but we're having all these experiences together. So do things change monthly, hourly, by the second? How often is the planetary alignment and astrological forecasts changing? So it depends on what planet. So the sun moves a degree every day. The moon changes signs every two and a half days, whereas the sun changes signs every 30 days, which we see that in sun sign astrology. Saturn takes 30 years to go around the whole cycle. Pluto takes 248 years. So it just depends on which, which sign we're talking about. The ascendance takes two and a half minutes to move a degree. The smaller inner planets are considered more of our psyche and are more of our energy because they move much more quickly. So they're more personal on our natal chart. The outer planets are strategy planets. So those are the ones that we work with as far as a collective energy of how much they're impacting us. So at what point does your cycle, astrologically speaking, start? Because, for example, if you were born three months premature, does that mean the moment of their actual, what is it, the time they take a breath is when they start within the astrological cycle? Is that generally how that works? Yes. I love this question because the other side of this is that people always ask, oh, I was born cesarean. You know, like someone else planned my birth. So how do I know if this was going to be my actual birth time if they allowed me to come into this world? I honestly think with premature births and cesarean births, I I was born premature. I feel like our souls worked a little bit harder to demand that time, you know, and right now is such a special time to be here. We can all agree. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of light. There's a lot of shift working. And so, you know, it's just this map. It's just this intent, but I feel like it's soul's determination. Now, we also had a really great question from one of our listeners who didn't know the exact time of their birth. To what degree of accuracy can we get in astrology if we're not really certain what time? We may know the day, whether it was morning or evening or within minutes. How much does that actually affect our ability to read the energies that are influencing us? So the key points of the chart that we want to know is the rising sign, the moon sign, and the sun. So if we get the day, we can figure out the sun. If we get morning or night, we can figure out the moon. The one that really depends on most is we can't understand that rising sign unless we know the exact time because it changes every two and a half hours. So even if we were off by five minutes, that could change a whole sign for somebody's true identity project, their rising sign that they're coming into. Wow, that's so interesting. And then obviously the place that you were born to can, it has to be pinpointed because I was born in South Korea somebody born at the exact same time and same day in North Carolina, would it be the same because of the time change? Or do you know what I'm saying? I do. And the time change. So, you know, obviously that would change the time wherever you are. But for example, if somebody was born at the very same time as you and you had the same chart as somebody, you're still going to have a different moon sign. And the lunar nodes are connected to the moon which indicate what our job was in our past tribe and what our new job is in our current mystery school that we're coming into. So everything else could be the same, but where we came from and where we're going could be totally different, even though our charts are very similar. That's fascinating. I I can't imagine how much time it must have taken you to get to the point where you have such a, a wonderful understanding of this and the ability to talk about it in this way because it's so multifaceted and so complicated. So my question is for someone like you who has a full understanding of this, how do you use it personally? I've been trying really hard to work with my own personal cycles. I found myself in a place where I was extremely lost 
not knowing who the person I was, really sad, really angry, really frustrated, really isolated, really alone. And through that process is when, you know, I've always had this connection to plants. And I started thinking, and I was taking this class on plants and the planets. I love plants and, and I think we, we all know that, but, you know, just looking at plants, you know, like chamomile doesn't want to be Grindelia, you know, chamomile is not like, oh, I wish I was a different color and a different height. And I wish my soil was like this, you know, plants are really like there to offer their gift that they have and they stand firm in that. And they're all about love. You know, they really tap into mother earth. They really take in the seasons. They let go of their leaves when they need to. They shine when they need, when they need to, they wilt when they want to, they hold their own space. And so when I started putting the stars together with the plants and how they're led and how they're guided, I really firmly believe that we are like plants. We're always grasping for light. Like I need some light shed on this. I need to see clearly. I found myself in an extremely toxic relationship and I was just grasping for light like a plant you know, changing my diet, trying to breathe, doing all these things. And so the planets gave me a place of connection in myself to try to understand where I was going, what I was learning. And so that way I could start creating with my life and with my journeys, instead of feeling like sad or like I had no direction, it gave me a sense of purpose. It opened me up to something else and really to a greater love for me. That's amazing. And do you map, like when I had readings with you monthly, which was amazing, do you read your forecast monthly? Do you look at it daily, hourly? And does that help you understand, have a better understanding of where you are? Or does that help you know how to proceed? So I work with a couple different things. I personally work with my own personal bigger cycles. And then I work a lot with the moon. I love the moon because the moon changes signs every two and a half days. So you pretty much work your entire chart every single month. And the moon being that mother archetype, when the moon is shining on something, it's shining light on your subconscious. And so it can bring really intense things forward. Like we've all had one really crazy random bad day for no reason, you know? But instead of being like, why is this going on? It could be like, what am I missing here? What didn't I see before? Why is this coming back up for me? The new moon also helps us to start a new cycle every single month. So it gives us that hope of like, oh, things didn't work off. I'm going to brush it off and I'm going to try a different way. Or, hey, maybe that wasn't the right way. It also goes through every sign through the whole 12 months. And so we experience a new moon and a full moon in different signs. And so depending on where the moon is on your chart, you can start to create your own intentions. So, for example, if there's a new moon on a really difficult aspect of my chart personally, then I can create an intention of how to open, how to care for that and how to love myself with compassion and work with that. Cause that's what the moon is offering us. So it just brings us back into a place of healing with compassion, journeying with compassion, non-judgment, being open. I think we can all agree that if we, if we talk to our friends, the way we talk to ourselves, we wouldn't have friends at all. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so the moon has really been, been helping me to be, you know, talk to myself in a different way and, and shine light on things a little bit differently for me. Okay. So what the hell is going on right now on the planet? So there's a ton of stuff <laughs> going on right now on the planet. Um, and so I think the biggest thing that we can talk about is the Lionsgate portal. And that's, I think everybody's heard about that going on right now. So on July 7th, we had an Ophelion. That means that we are as close to the sun as we will get. And that just happens every year after the solstice. But this year is super special. This is the year of the five. It's 2021. So this is the emergence of true authentic self. So this Lionsgate portal that we're having this year ends up on a day of a new moon, which hasn't happened in a really long time. And so we're all in this solar energy. The reason why it's the Lionsgate portal is because this happens in the sign of Leo, but not necessarily the constellation of Leo, but we're in alignment with the Sirius star. And the Sirius star is 23 times brighter than the sun. It's the brightest star in the sky. And so if you think about the spiritual sun, then we have the physical sun. So we've got the sun illuminating what's on earth. And then we have Sirius illuminating what's in spirit. So what's spiritually happening and then what's logically happening. And then with the new moon, we have, how can we align our hearts with our mind? And so we have a lot of this influx of light coming in. And actually I took some notes on this to talk about the actual days of the portal. So the portal opened on July 26th 
And I know we've all talked about having a really intense week that week. And July 25th was the Mayans like New Year's day. So it's considered the day out of time, but it's not a day. It's not a month. It's not a year. It's literally time outside of time. It's the end of their 13 lunar calendar year. And so it's like a reset and the veils are really thin. And so being the time outside of time, it literally translates to everything and nothing means something. So it's like everything and nothing and pure in existence all at once. And so they saw this as a really powerful time as a portal to like communicate between veils. The veils are really thin. And how this lines up for us is that we have Lamas, which is today, which is a cross quarter point. So it's halfway between the summer solstice and the autumn equinox. And we're celebrating Earth's abundance from all the sunlight that we have here. But we're preparing for winter. So it's also a place where veils are really thin. You know, we've all put this energy together because we're following the solar calendar and they're following the lunar calendar. And this is kind of where we're at. And then the reason why we're going you know, to, we're in the sign of Leo. So we're in eight, eight, and eight is the number of infinity. And I also love the symbol of infinity because if you look at it, it's like all and nothing, but it's also light and dark. And so a lot of this light that's coming in, in this Lionsgate portal with the Sirius star, 23 times brighter than the sun, the sun being in Leo, and then us being in summer and our hemisphere here, there's a lot of light that's going to be shed on the dark too. So we're having to face our fears. We're having to, you know, like see what we don't want to see. What is hidden behind that veil? The veil is really thin. So this is a place for us that is meant to empower us, a place to put us in our power, a place to allow this light in. And there's so many things going on on the planet right now. But what is really interesting with this is that the Lionsgate portal also lines up with the star called Alturf, which is literally uh, labeled as the glance of the lion's eye of the lion constellation in the sky. But the star is actually located in his mouth. So the lion's mouth suggests that the star is about communication. The lion's eye is said that this star is about perception. So it's almost asking us, what are we seeing that we weren't willing to see? Or what are we seeing that we don't want to say? Or what are we glancing at that we're not clearly looking at? And so it's shining light upon all of these things. And so it's meant to bring us into, you know, a, a place of empowerment. And I, you know, I don't want to get too far into the chakras in this, you know, in this talk, but, you know, being in the solar plexus is that the demon of the solar plexus is fear. So how can we overcome our own fear and really come into our own true courage and will, especially at this time? We're in such a, we're in such a crazy time of fear. Um, and this is also the year of the five. So this is this emergence of true authentic self. So how can we be in our own true power? And I think a lot of what's going on is we're really being asked, like, what do you believe in? What is important to you? Where do you stand? We're having to make a lot of emotional choices right now. And we're having to like pick and choose what really is important and where do I stand and where can I stand in my light and what feels good and, and all these questions. And so the new moon is also in Leo on this day. And so if you think about just the fire element, we're in fixed fire, this is a self-interest time. This is a time for us to stand in our fire, in our power, being that fixed fire. And so when we're setting a new moon here, we're lining up our hearts, we're lining up our logical mind, and we're lining up our spirit all together. So it's an amazing, powerful portal. But if you think about that fire element, this is a time for us to burn away anything that's no longer serving us, to get rid of the fear, to open up to great mystery, to allow things to happen and stop resisting. We have to come into a place of trust and belief and courage. And that is Leo the lion that represents courage and power to realize that you are the creator of your own life, that you are the leader of your own life. And so that's what's going on right now. First of all, I have so many chills having you describe that. I can tell you from my point of view, year after year after year, as my abilities get stronger and stronger, I've also become more and more sensitive to the astrological influences that are going on. I feel the moon like crazy these days. And I don't know a ton about astrology, but I know enough that when I do tune into what's going on, I realize that it's completely influencing me in a much bigger way. I think the more expansive and transparent my energy gets within the whole, the more of a direct influence I feel through what's happening in the planets. 
I was having chills the whole time you were describing that because I've been getting these downloads for this last few weeks about how whatever leftover fears that we're all having individually and collectively are being pushed up in our face right now. And it's like either people are going to get completely swallowed up by those fears and just get mowed over, or they're going to recognize it for what it is and put their foot down and say enough. Like I am not adhering, adopting, abiding by this illusion that I've been holding on to forever. Or, and it seems like a lot of it is unresolved fears. It's not even new fears. It's like what's being triggered that I haven't dealt with yet from my entire existence. It didn't click to me that this was because the planets were aligning in such a way that that portal was being opened for us. So thank you for sharing that. But I have been feeling that so intensely lately that I was like, I need to tell people this is happening. <laughs> but then maybe everybody knows because they know they're going into Lionsgate. But <laughs> well, it's interesting, Jude, because we're actually in another portal as well. So every year we have a blue moon. Every time this time of year, we have two full moons in the same sign. But this right now we are in the Aquarius full moon. So we're in the vision quest portal. So we had an Aquarius full moon on July 23rd. And then we have an Aquarius full moon on August 22nd. And the last dates that this happened were 1983, 2002, 2013 now. And the next one isn't until 2032. So with Aquarius, so as I talked to earlier about when we were talking about Aquarius with you and I as the sun sign, our job right now is to detach from the emotional and the physical to see our own bigger picture. And Aquarius is all about loving to be unique, learning how to beat our own drum, to not have that fear. Also that egotalian belief that everyone has the right to have the life that they choose. And so it's, we're coming back to that. And there's so much down pressure as far as everything that's going on politically, we're having to really own what is ours. And so being in that vision quest portal, we're, you know, like in this place where the veils are thin. So we're able to like ask and bring wisdom forward from both sides. It, the veils are thin to shed light upon, upon what is that fear? How can I see the bigger picture in my fear? How can I realize that it's just my mind? And, and detach from it, detach from the thoughts, detach from an outcome so I can open up to something bigger. And so it's just interesting being in both of these portals and during this portal, being in the place of the day outside of time or the time out completely outside of time. And it's just interesting because it feels like life is just outside of time right now. But there's a lot of, a lot of this light coming in for us. So basically, pretty much everybody across the board is being challenged by these like shadow energies, but have faith because there's a lot of light coming in to transmute that for us right now. So even though that sounds really yummy when you say that there's so much light coming in, but that light has a purpose to heal the shadow. And in order for this shadow to be released, it needs to be surfaced. Then we might be having to look at this as this light is yeah. doing the medicine. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. And I've and been feeling that. Yeah, me too. And it's happening a little bit more intense this year because of the new moon and because we're in the year of the five and there's other astrological events that are happening as well. But this is the main focus right now. Also, during the start of this vision quest portal, we had Saturn with the moon when the moon was full. Saturn represents time. Saturn represents, you know, taking responsibility for oneself, your own karmic patterns, you know, and so having Saturn on top of the vision quest portal, it's giving us this urge that the time is now. The time is now to let this light in. The time is now to go on your own journey, on your own mystery, to draw on your own wisdom, to ask yourself, go on your own vision quest. And Leo says, I am that I am. We have to remember that we are divine, that we are light beings and that we're just connecting back to the source. But it's so scary for people because it's different. It's a totally different vibration and it's just, you know, people, you know, you can experience different things. There's headaches, there's fatigues, there's surges, but there's so much fear coming forward because that's the shadow side of it. That fear has got to come forward before anyone can gain their power. And I do believe as far as chakras, you know, stepping in that solar plexus, I feel that a lot of people only remain in the first and second chakra. 
We're always like trying to find survival, trying to find a place where we deserve. And then we're dwelling in oneself and like, you know, and it just like spitballs back and fire, you know, overindulgence, trying to survive, you know, freaking out, you know, we never actually own our power. And this is this big step up right now, but there's a lot of fear for us to go through. But the thing is, it's all an illusion that we're separate. We're doing this together right now. I have been saying this for the last like week, two weeks and stepping into our power and everything that you're saying right now is exactly the energies I've been picking up in the ethers. And I'm just like feeling really validated right now that this is, so is this like a common cycle? Are we going to go through this again next Lionsgate? Is this like how it works or is this one just you're saying is particularly intense because of other elements? I'm saying that this one is particularly intense because we have a new moon that day of the Lionsgate portal. I'm also saying it's intense because we're in the year of the five. We're in this true authentic emergence of self. You know, to talk about the Venus cycle a little bit, Venus is in, it's the story of Inanna, the journey of Inanna, but she's in her evening star phase. So she is reclaiming each chakra. She's reclaiming herself. She just reclaimed her solar plexus chakra during this time. We're in Venus's reclamation of solar plexus chakra. Like you can't make this up. And then on top of it, the day that the Lionsgate portal closes is the day that she reaches heart chakra. So in order for us to reclaim ourselves, she's empowering and reclaiming the whole divine feminine right now. And Mars met her at the divine masculine, met her at that gate to give us power. And Saturn was there with us also to give this energy, to give this strength. And Saturn showed up at this full moon with us to send us in this vision quest portal. But this is all in the solar plexus gate. So we're having to face fears like left and right, like crazy. Next year we'll be in a morning star phase. She'll be giving her solar plexus to surrender, to be her more authentic self. Right now we're reclaiming what that is. And I feel like a lot of us can relate to that experience of reclaiming self right now. But literally the way the dates line up, the day the portal closes, the next day we will hit heart chakra gate. And so the time really is now so that we can come into that bridge. So we can come into that air element to actually be able to connect to one another from a real place. What is the day the portal closes? August 12th. Thank you, Mariana. That, that was amazing. Was there any astrological alignment or anything happening astrologically that might speak to the COVID virus? There's so much speaking to the COVID virus. I think that part of this light is speaking towards the COVID virus. I feel that viruses are much smarter than us. And so obviously it's taking a different turn because the shadow side of Aquarius is technology, is the top down of technology. The last time that we had a similar planetary lineup to this was when Hitler was appointed in office. And so history doesn't repeat it rhymes. And so there's a fear of, you know, obviously we're, we have a lot of technology going on, but as far as like the top down and control of everything, it's like we're regaining our freedom by having to do certain things or what is right and what is wrong. And so the, what the lineup is this year, the biggest events is that we have three Uranus and Saturn squares. So we have Saturn in Aquarius and we have Uranus in Taurus. Uranus brings big change. It brings like electric shock change. And then Taurus, your sun being in Taurus, is this fixed earth. This is a really stable place. It's a place where we, we receive energy. It's the only receiving sign. So we're receiving what it feels like to feel good in the body, what it feels like to have a comfortable home and our families and also, you know, just be in our comfortable states. Here comes Uranus in Taurus and it's just like breaking apart everything that we thought was comfortable, but it's also empowering because it's just going to break away things that we were stuck in, you know, like patterns that we got too comfortable in, say a bad relationship that you can't move out of, or, you know, a job that you're just totally stuck in. And here comes this like shocking surprise that it's like, oh, it's just time to go now, you know, and this, the square with Saturn and Aquarius is that. Saturn can have that shadow side in it, but I feel that it's not. I feel that the people are being hurt and there is this shift of light coming in. But Saturn being in Aquarius is, you know, is that top down of technology? Is that, you know, some sort of control happening? And so I feel like the virus is kind of coming in and it's like offering us like this big question, like, who are you? Where do you stand? What do you want to do? We have put each other in so many different classes. Whereas the virus affects everybody, race, age, gender, 
you know, like no matter what is going on in your life. And I don't feel that there's any right or wrong answer to it, but these, these are breaking up a lot of the energies that we have around us. And so that's actually on the front line right now. And so Taurus is going to move us out of our comfort zones, but Uranus and Taurus is also going to remind us all the things that we've taken for granted. That's really comfortable that we actually really need in our life and bring us back in our heart. So like our families, what it means to be home, what it means to, you know, spend family time with our home and stuff like that. And if we look at the positive side of it, of like how this is working, which is why we really need to get out of this fear place, we can work with Saturn because Saturn brings strength. Saturn brings time. So instead of that top-down energy, it's almost giving us this responsibility to like take action in our life of what really is important. So it's like really important for us to not buy into that fear. We also have five planets in retrograde right now in the Lionsgate portal. So Saturn's retrograde, Uranus is retrograde, Pluto's retrograde, and Jupiter is in retrograde, which is an Aquarius. So we're having an expansion of Aquarian experiences right now. So the choice between top down of technology and fear or to learn how to be your own drum and detach from any outcome and allow the freaking light in. Um, and so all these things are diving us inward while we're in a fixed fire sign. So whenever planets go retrograde, we're so used to forward motion. Like we're always planning, we're always doing, we're always driving, we're hardly in the moment. And so it's the biggest reason why people have such a hard time when, you know, say Mercury grows in retrograde, everybody's like, ah, but actually what it's meant is to give you a wider view. It's meant for a journey in introvert. So it's like rethink, recommit, redo, reanalyze. Like, are these what things that you really want? So when we're in this Lionsgate portal and we've got five planets in retrograde, these are these big questions. Like, do you really want this? Are you really going to step forward in fear? Can you really rethink your actions? Can you let things go that you thought were comfortable, you know, and then going back to that Lionsgate portal of, can you see clearly that this isn't really meant for you? Can you shed some light on this? Can you let that dark come forward so you can take your power back, you know, and not be led in fear and not be top down, you know, in any situation you're in. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Fascinating to bring some comfort through this kind of intense times that we're in or not. Mm -hmm. Where do you see this moving into over this next year? Like, do things start shifting? Is there a light at the end of this tunnel? I'm sure you've looked ahead and to see what influences we're about to head into. Is it going to get more intense, astrologically speaking, or is there some relief in the future for us? That I can't answer. Um, we are in. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> please, please. We want to know. <laughs> We are in our first Pluto return. Pluto is a planet of the underworld. And so the in the underworld, people are always like, you know, what happens in the underworld? And we've all had an experience in our life where we don't know who we are anymore. Like we're totally out of control. We don't even know who we are, but that's what the underworld feels like. And the three things that we logically do in this middle world don't work. We can't run, we can't explain it, and we can't plan for it. And so we don't know what happens in a Pluto return. And we're in one right now. We oh, just, get out. Just, How long does that last for? A year and two thirds. So the wow. first year is all about really kind of removing things. And then the last two thirds is all about empowerment. And, but there's always an initiation. And I think we could all say that last year was a big initiation to the underworld. And so right now, you know, we we're here, we're, we're doing it. And, you know, we could all say we are rebuilding something different. And so that's what I can say to give us hope is that the more that we just let this light in and stop resisting it and just face the fears and not be top down by the fears and just move with our light, like what feels right and make choices that feel good to us and keep moving forward, we're going to be fine. The thing is, is that people are just like grasping on to what normal was. And that's that Uranus and Taurus. It's like breaking apart a system that maybe never existed. You know, like we really have to remain in our power, but also remain in love. You know, like we're all here for each other, but there is going to be a lot of people that aren't going to be able to uptake the light, nor do they want to. They want to be in the same place that they were in. And so the biggest advice I have is just to allow it, like know that we're guided. And that's why I love astrology. So it's like, no matter how crazy it feels, I'm like, okay, like this is happening for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. 
you know, we can start to look at our bad experiences in our life of what has led us here today. And that's, we'll be able to do that on a collective level as well. When you said a Pluto return, how often does that cycle happen? 248 years. This is the first one. And we just discovered Pluto in 1933. So we don't know. And we don't have many Pluto cycles in our lifetime. Um, We only have one Pluto square, which I'm actually going through right now. And then depending on where your planets are, you might have others. Like, for example, I have a lot of Pluto on my chart. Like I have had many Pluto cycles, but some people say it's just like off in the corner somewhere they'll have a Pluto square and that's it. And so it's a lot of energy to come into. For example, people that aren't doing well, if they're not, not used to this kind of like undertow, like not, you know, just kind of that surrender, which is, I think is the hardest thing to do. You know, there's no direction with it. Otherwise it wouldn't be called surrender. It's like a place where you like truly authentically let go of everything because you have no choice, you know? And it's like, you surrender, you let go. And that's that light that we got to step into. Like, we don't know. It's like, it's like a birth. Literally, we're birthing a new time right now. Wow. So could this coincide with us moving to a higher dimensional space? Do you personally feel that? 100%. I think that this is gearing up for us that way. A a lot of people would say right now during this Lionsgate portal, this is where a lot of star seeds are coming forward that we're all being called. A lot of healers are being called. There's a lot of people having to step into this light so they can be here through this transition. And I would also just want to say is to remind us all that we chose to be here. That's why we're here. We chose to be here right now. And the other thing, the upside of Pluto that we can look at is that going through the underworld and letting go of all the things that don't serve us. And fire does that same thing, right? And that's where we're at right now, like shedding, facing those fears, letting them go, throwing them in the cauldron. Energy can't be created or destroyed. So it's like, you're going to take those fears and you're going to use those as power. And what Pluto can show us is what we're here, what we're meant for, like what our gift is. We all have a gift. Like we are all one. We come with something different, each and every one of us. And the more we can be together, the better this will be. All right. So we have a few um, astrology questions from our listeners, Marianne, if you don't mind answering a couple. One of them is, I interpret the rising sign as the soul's essence energy. Do you agree? No. The soul signed up to learn about that mystery school in this life. The rising sign answers the question of who am I? So it is part of your soul's evolution to turn into that mystery school and see what it's about. So yes, it is part of your soul essence, but something that has been with you the entire time is your moon sign. Your rising sign can be something completely brand new to you that you are just discovering in this life. However, if your moon is on top of your rising sign, that could be a different story. But generally, your rising sign is not your soul's essence. It's something your soul is signed up to learn about, a new discovery. Great. Thank you. And then is our natal chart really the DNA of our soul? You could say yes, depending on how you're looking at how DNA is, because the chart is all intent. You don't necessarily have to do it. And I do believe that different vibrations, experiences, foods, um, what we surround ourselves with in our life, our DNA changes. And so if you don't follow your life purpose intent, things could get worse or harder or, you know, or you could just cop out. So it's kind of an interesting question. Maybe they could work hand in hand. So I have a question for you, Mariana. People ask me this one a lot personally. Do you go through the signs chromatically life after life? I don't know if there's any definitive way of knowing, but is it theorized in astrology that we kind of, you know, will be Capricorn, then Aquarius, then Pisces, and so on and so forth as we move through the cycles? Or do you think it could just hop around? I think it could hop around only because, so if we look at the natal chart right now and say that it's your life's intent, right? And it's like all the steps that you're choosing to evolve. You chose all those planets where they are in that position, how to use them, how to come into them, how to experience them to really come into that rising sign. So say, for example, you don't do your chart, like say you, I hate to say it, but like, maybe you become like a drug addict and you have no idea where your kids are. You obviously didn't do your life purpose intent. So you might come back with the same chart next time, you know, like your soul might not be fulfilled. So that's, you know, just an interesting question to ask. 
I, I would resonate with that. I wouldn't think you'd have to go through it chromatically, but I think as very diverse souls who want to have a lot of different experiences, we would probably try on all the astrological suits. And I don't think they necessarily have to go in order. There's that saying, people are like, oh, the Pisces is the most evolved of the signs. I mean, do you agree with that? Or do each one of them have their own power in comparison, you know, where some signs are stronger in certain areas and maybe more challenged in other areas? I think that they all have their own light and shadow. They all have their own extreme powers. Yes, Pisces is the point. Like if you look at the chart, it starts on one and Pisces is 12, you know? So it's the place where we seasonally also recreate again. So if you think about the first house being Aries, then we go to the end of winter, which is Pisces and we reincarnate back. And, you know, Pisces is the place in our lives where we fully surrender into that higher universal love, that feeling of being held, like the Ananda feeling, that pure bliss. But each sign and each each element has its own power. But there's also places where people are, you know, chose to come back to help, you know, that literally are just here to be light workers. There's people that have Aquarius moon. They, they're not from earth. They're said to be from somewhere else. They're like the kids that think they could fly off the kitchen table. So I think that it's just, you know, we're just all really different with wanting to experience different things. So here's a thought. I've noticed that in my life, if I were to categorize my close group of people, I tend to have all Leos and all Aquariuses and like little to no Aries, you know? <laughs> certain signs, little to no Capricorns. How does that work? Do we gravitate towards certain signs? I think that your vibe attracts your tribe, but there is so much on the chart, you know, is yeah, I could say the same thing. And when I first learned that I had Venus and Capricorn, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and I was like, what does that even mean? You know? Um, we all have these different energies, but yeah, those are, those are the fuels that we're burning. And it's interesting with, you know, we all have a lot of strong Aquarius on our chart, us all three, but as far as that Leo aspect too, there's, they're right across from each other on the chart. So it's considered relationship access. It's the most radical relationship access of all of them. It's two people that really admire that they are complete individuals and give them each other courage to be their individual selves. And so having strong personalities like Leo and Aquarius, how could you really surround yourself with people who didn't support who you were, <laughs> right? Yeah. So the next question is, early Scotch and Irish settlers, largely Christian, use the moon and stars to plan their lives, such as when to plant corn, when to build a cabin, where to lay a fence, et cetera. What happened to make this stop? Well, you know, honestly, that's kind of a really interesting question. I mean, astrology became like demonic work. It became the devil's work. And so, you know, during the time, you know, we're like burning of the witches and everything like that, you know, that's like the word like lunacy and lunatic came from was when we were like planting with the moon and the stars. But then all these men, you know, that were like, oh, she cursed me and I slept with her, you know, because they can't keep their pants on. You know, they started burning women, <laughs> you know, because we knew the, the cycles of the stars. We knew how to plant. We knew how to do things. And men wanted to take over, you know, that like goes back to Roja Christian days. And then so then this became devil's work. And that's why a lot of people don't know about it. And that's why we stopped like planting with the seasons and the stars. In Hawaii, there's a lunar calendar of like every single day. They literally follow the moon by the minute. They teach it oh. in my daughter's school that she goes oh, to a Hawaiian so immersion. Cool. Yeah, it's part of their yeah. everyday life. Yeah, they still, right, they still use it. That's just something that we took away because, you know, I mean, let's face it, like men took over, you know, it's been this degradation of the feminine and connecting to cycles and planting was considered too, too feminine. It gave us power. They took it away. Was it the divine masculine that took over or just, it was not, it was definitely not the divine okay, masculine. There go. <laughs> I, catch that. I mean, it makes yeah, sense yeah. because women have always been in cycle with the moon. That's like our thing, you know, yeah. if, if right. so it's ingrained within us. So Mariana, you obviously have a wealth of knowledge 
all things astrology and then some for our listeners who might be interested in having a one-on-one reading with you or in ha- having their charts done, how can somebody get a hold of you? So anyone can go to my website, which is Trinity Herbals and Wellness Center.com. Then there's an easy way to send me an email. You can always call my business 530-629-4300. I'm available for full natal astrology chart readings transit readings. I do short 30 minute readings. I offer tarot spread. I also have an amazing moon group. If people are ever interested and would like to join, we follow the moon with your own natal chart and plant intentions together. According to the cycle. I also provide herbal consultations, personal training, private yoga sessions. I've also started doing plant energetic tinctures that go along with natal chart readings. So if there's any cycle that you are working in or having a difficult time in, I'm using plants to provide energy to offer you strength and open up to your own cycles. That's great. And we'll post all of that on our Instagram account as well. And I also want to just throw in there, Mariana is an amazing, knowledgeable herbalist. Obviously, Patty's mentioned her many times as her herbalist confidant. So we will have her on a future episode to talk about herbs. So we'll look forward to that too as well. And one last little plug for Mariana. Um, Mariana has this amazing home up in the mountains with herbal gardens and flowers and pools and hot tubs and saunas and koi ponds. And it's just magical. And I had my 60th birthday retreat there at her house with friends And we started off with a kickboxing class to Tom Petty uh, under the Kiwi Arbor and we swam and we had amazing food and we had a a moon update and we had tarot card readings done and we hung out by the pool and swam and did a yoga class and it was just magical. So everyone that I've ever introduced Mariana to has become not only a fan, but one of her students. And like I said, she just has so many things to offer and both Judah and I really recommend you getting in touch with her if you're interested in, in any of these things. In past episodes, I've mentioned Mariana without saying her name. You've been my friend for a long time, but I started reading you right at the beginning of me stepping into doing psychic work professionally. And I probably actually had more sessions with you personally than any other one person. I've seen you go through all the things and tons of growth and really stepping into your power. But you're the one that Every time you're working with a flower essence, I see it in your energy field. And I've talked about that multiple times before. I really learned through Madiana's energy what an effect the subtleties of plants and herbs really have on our energetic body because I I see it on you so clearly every single time. So yeah, I highly recommend Madiana. She's knowledgeable in all things. I have something to add to that. I've been reading Mariana for a while as well. I haven't known her anywhere nearly as long as you have Jude, but you know, Mariana is such an amazing herbalist. And like Jude said, there's just plants in her sphere. And since I've gotten to be friends with her and read her, I started getting hits when I was reading clients. Like I'd read somebody. I'm like, Oh, sassafras. What the hell is sassafras? I'm getting that. You're supposed to, you know, use sassafras. And I'll say, let me call my herbalist and get back to you. Don't do anything until I call her. And it started happening a lot. And so I'll call her and be like, Mariana, what's sassafras for? And, and she'll answer it's for the heart or whatever. And I'll be like, okay, good. I just told this man with heart stuff to use it. So she's been the great validator for me. So it's interesting, um, Jude, how it shows up for you around her. And I feel like like her guides are are kind of whispering in my ear and offering me little tidbits. It's, it's scary to suggest that when I don't have the background, but I have Mariana to back it up. So it's just been a trip. We both have learned so much from you. Totally. And you're like a very um, activated soul and you have a lot going on in your energy field. And I know Patty and I have both been validating each other through what we see in you. You boss, you know, I know you go, you get sessions from both of us and we will often say the same thing during different, you know, cycles of your life. So it's been a real joy knowing you and and learning from you. And we just so appreciate everything that you've done and uh, the creation of your essence and your spirit and what you share with us, your passion and determination and dedication to the work that you do is really inspiring. We can't thank you enough for being here. 
Thank you. It was a very much an honor to be here and to be able to have gotten readings from both of you guys. You both have changed my life so much and have helped me come into my power and acknowledge the things that I didn't want to acknowledge and see the things that I didn't want to see. And I want to thank you guys both so much for all of your love and support. And thank you for having me here today. Thank you so much for being here. We love you. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you're all enjoying our new logo, our new intro song, the new website, and we have a lot more exciting topics and future guests coming for you. We do drop episodes every new moon, so you can look forward to that. If you want to find out more about what Patty and I do, you can check out our website, spiritspeakerspodcast.com, and follow our Instagram at spiritspeakerspodcast. Yes, thank you so much for listening to our podcast, for all the sweet messages that we get on our Instagram account. We really appreciate you and love the community that's grown up around this podcast. If you are enjoying listening to the podcast, we really would appreciate you passing the word around and telling your friends about us. And we also really appreciate using that donation button to send a little love our way. We really prefer to go that way rather than taking the time during the podcast with advertisements. You can find that donation button on our Instagram or also on our uh, website at spiritspeakerspodcast.com. Take care. Aloha.